I'm going to take off my hoodie because it's going to fucking get hot in here. What has Mike got in store for us? Take it off, baby. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, a twice-weekly show about the show Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we bring you fun, different episodes like clip shows of their show or ours, interviews with fans, or maybe a 90-minute unboxing audio track. But this is Monday, so we're here to bring you a recap of last week's TBTL shows. My name is Mike Frizzell, and I was once incarcerated, but today I'm hosting from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the ranch in Manchac, Texas. Joining me from Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Ann Lundholm. Good day to you, Ann. And good day to you, Mike. And from Proof of Life Studios in Lincoln Park, Michigan, it's Meredith <laughs> Van Harn of Plenty. Hello, Meredith. Hi, Mike. As always, we will roll through some LRB business, give you our hot takes on the recap, keep some house, then let you know how to get involved. What is our LRB business today and who's handling it? Oh, I guess I'm handling it. Um, let's talk about Friday's show. We had our third in an occasional series, I think third and final for the time being, uh, pod member to, uh, wait, pod, pod, wait, now I'm getting confused. Yeah. I. I December to pod member. <laughs> right. It's confusing because it doesn't really work anymore. That's yeah. Who came up with that name? Because right. it really didn't allow us any wiggle room, you know. <laughs> But it was our collection of clips celebrating ourselves, which is something I think we need to remember to do every once in a while. Because as Phyllis says, if you don't brag on yourself, who else is going to do it? <laughs> right, right. I've taken that to heart because uh, I, I really used to hate bragging on myself and I, I really dislike that quality in others. But she's brought me around. I, 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 I agree. I'm, I'm a braggart now. I brag <laughs> a lot and I have nothing to brag about. <laughs> I can brag that that Friday show made made at least one listener more ang- I made one listener more angry than probably anyone's ever been at me. <laughs> well, should we talk about that now? I was going to save it for throw your phones, but we might as well get back into the the issue of um fabric scissors. Oh, Actually, uh-huh. I am surprised we didn't hear from more people on that as I had several very specific things to say when I heard you try to redefend the indefensible use of fabric scissors as tools to cut open ground beef. Mike. No, no, no. And although you specifically, um, when talking about fabric scissors, said not the super fancy kind like the ones that Amy Shepard would use. That did not stop Amy from getting upset. And she sent us a throw your phone that says, a quote, Bobby, Mike, no! Fabric has to have a super sharp blade and plastic, even thin beef plastic, will gum up the blade and misalign the blades. When it comes to paper, would you chop down a tree with scissors and think it would leave, leave the blades fine? Ah! Fiskers makes some fine fabric scissors, but I'm a fan of Westcott. So there's Amy's recommendation for 
fabric scissors. I will say you your bullshit about how you looked up to find the top of the line <laughs> fabric scissors on Amazon. No. My fabric scissors cost me $45. I was like, $14? My ass. No way, man. No, I'm the daughter of a quilter, a very, very serious quilter. And if I had used those fabric scissors for anything but fabric, I would be removed from the house forcibly. Like, there's no excuse for that. That was lesson number one. She did write, Emily did write in permanent marker on uh, her replacement, maybe fabric scissors, or maybe she had more of them on hand. Um, She would write, "Do, do not use, you know, like, Hey, dummy, you know, like we used to have on top of our run sheet, hit record in Zencaster, right. you dummy, you know, so I could not miss it. But um, if if they're so great, if they're so sharp, they should be able to cut anything. And I mean, they're so expensive. I feel like they're super scissors. Mike, let's talk about basketball. I don't understand why you get more points for a three-pointer than a two-pointer. I mean, it's the same ball. It's the same basket. You're only like 10 feet further away. You should get the same amount of points for doing it. It's the same amount of work. I'm not going to die on this hill. I don't even like the (laughs) three-pointer. That's how old school I am. I'm just saying, once you make a few dresses or a few quilts... Then you can come and talk about how fabric scissors should be used for a multitude of projects. Look, okay, this is so... what you have to you have to get multiple pairs of shitty or maybe mid-range scissors that come apart, stash them throughout the house and use them for various tasks. Get some kitchen shears and put them in your kitchen. Get another pair, put them in one of the junk drawers. Get another pair, put them in the office so that you are not tempted to ruin your wife's <laughs> sewing scissors. Well, mm-hmm. it- they were an attractive nuisance at that point. <laughs> I will say it's on Emily that she left them in the kitchen. That was her mistake. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, totally her fault. Completely she needs to electrify them. Just attach a <laughs> tiny little wire to them. Leave them on the kitchen counter. See how long it takes you to learn. That was probably the closest we ever got to divorce, I think. Yeah. I mean, For I'm surprised she didn't, because we we have been in, in some marriage counseling, and I'm really surprised she didn't bring it up. I'm really surprised. <laughs> because I won marriage counseling, hands down. I made the guy laugh all the time. Um, Is that how you win? Is it oh, a competitive yeah. sport? Oh, totally. Dear. I had the guy rolling a few times. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't believe my stories. All right. <sighs> Don't make us have to talk to you about this again. Stop trying to defend the indefensible. Okay. I also and and I I Bobby was just playing get along with me. So right, let's not yes. paint him with the brush. He, you know, he he doesn't know from fabric scissors, so he was just playing along with my my uh, hopelessness. Helplessness. But he's he was more willing to take our word for it that it's bad. Right. right. I just think, you know, you spend $45 for for on purpose. some scissors. I should be able to cut down a goddamn tree with those things. <laughs> You could, but you shouldn't. Is there a motor on those things? I mean, how, $45? <laughs> They're beautiful, me? and they cut like They're a dream. They're so sharp. <laughs> All right, let's 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 leave that before I say something that I can't take back. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, Anne. Uh, we have a Jam Tracker update from a Reed Nicholson in Seattle made a donation Reed. to us. Reed. It's my that's boy. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> And Bobby just um, 
shared an exchange uh, that Reed posted on Facebook where he talked about, uh, it was a TBTL topic, about unsubscribing from email lists. And Reed said, I'm so lonely, won't somebody ask me for money? So Bobby promptly asked him for money and he donated to us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Way to Thanks be for on making it, that connection. I forgot that he did that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. thank you. Begging Rita. works. That's wonderful. So uh, on our next update, uh, Mike, you said something quite cryptic before we started in that you think you have a new nickname for Meredith? Well, I just have an idea because, I mean, we we were losing her existing two nicknames, which was Meredith All the Way Mayhan. Right. Because uh, it just doesn't just doesn't work. All the Way Van mm-hmm. Harn. Well, that's not working. And then Eminem. We can't, mm-hmm. she's not Eminem anymore. Yeah, those so, are my initials, even though I am much closer to 8 Mile these days. That's true. I mean, regionally, we could still kind of call you Eminem, but yeah. it doesn't, like, make total sense anymore. Um, Van Harn of Plenty, that's a, that's just a placeholder. I don't like it very much. I know you don't probably <sighs> no, either, I right? No, I don't. Don't okay. like it. So, I thought uh, we'd just call you MVH, which would be Most Valuable Host. Oh, <gasps> I love it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're the MVH. And and MVH it's always the, the MVH, not MVH. Right. Yeah. Love it. Capital T H E M V H. Yep. All right. All right. Okay. I'm glad we settled that. And uh, you're okay with that, right, Ann? Yeah, fine by me. <laughs> Do you want a nickname, Ann? I mean, it's hard to hang one on you somehow. I know. Nobody ever gives me a nickname. I'm just Ann. I'm kind of sad that I'm apparently not nicknameable. But you know, these things have to be organic. Well, and I thought I was not nicknameable too, and then I brought that up, and then I was smashed with thousands of nicknames. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe the listeners can get to work on on yeah. this and thing. Okay, just as long as you don't call me Brontosaurus Rex, which was a nickname for a brief period of time in elementary school. I don't care how well me it is, just don't don't call a girl a dinosaur nickname it's hurtful i was called um the jolly green giant for quite a while in middle school oh no it's goodness good. gracious how, how much does it suck to be a tall girl my sister's it sucks a lot it sucks a lot hated. at that age it's terrible it's mm-hmm. really terrible people thought i was a teacher or they made fun of how oh, giant i was man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. well my sister had it particularly tough because my dad was a, a star basketball player of note and she was six feet tall and had no interest and it just relentless people trying to get her to play oh yeah basketball. i got that i got that mm-hmm. constantly i played volleyball for a short while just to shut people up um, but <laughs> right. i had no i didn't have the coordination for basketball and i didn't have any interest in it we had a hoop in mm-hmm. our driveway and i could do it but i just wasn't you know that was the first people say oh you're tall oh really thanks for noticing <laughs> and then oh do you play basketball no i don't no. What? Mm-hmm. i literally never saw my sister with any kind of sport ball in her hands <laughs> at any moment in it was my her life. rebellion yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, if you're not into it, you're not into it. You know, please yeah. don't try to make people into stuff. <laughs> no. no, I I was taking a class that was like a boot campy kind of class at the gym, and we were doing a basketball drill of some sort. And the instructor was like, "Ann, you must know this drill." And I said, "No," and she said, "What? You didn't play basketball?" And I said, "I'm more of a reader." And she laughed and laughed. She thought that was the funniest thing ever. Yeah, you won't, you're not going to go far with that reading. You need to get on the basketball team. <laughs> no reading Get in that lucrative world of women's women's basketball in the 90s. So um, lucrative. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my, my sister's problem was um, 
uh, exacerbated by the fact that the high school coach at the at the school that she went to was one of my dad's college teammates. So no. yeah, oh, yeah, so he's like yeah, he had immediately identified her, you know. And there wasn't really I don't think girls basketball like in in uh junior high, but in high school there was and so, you know, she was expected to start playing. And I'm sure she played basketball during the, you know, PE and stuff, but I never saw it. And and I was in the driveway playing basketball all day and all night long and she she walked by right to her car <laughs> and <laughs> went to work went to school never even looked hey if it's not something you're into it's not something you're into absolutely there's a reason that we became lady scientists yep yeah <laughs> we were indoor kids oh definitely all right well we've got meredith's nickname settled i like it People can think about one for me if they so choose. Let's go on to throw your phone moments. Uh, we have a couple of general ones. Uh, one was, I guess, a hug your phone directed to us from Lauren uh, that says, thanks to Anne, I now find all Quip commercials on TBTL to be lacking. <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I start laughing because it's I, I just you so pointedly <laughs> showed how ridiculous <laughs> those ads are. Yep. It was so great. And normally I fast forward through the TBTL ads, don't tell, Luke and Andrew, but I, I think that my phone wasn't immediately accessible one day last week and I just let it roll through. And when Luke said the thing about how it had these convenient 30 the second timers, I just started laughing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what an innovation. Oh Crazy. my God. It's insane. Ah. And then a TBTL, I, I will call this uh, a hug your phone, Ellen. She says, I don't know if this is a throw or hug, but two weeks of shows with a clear theme and plan, a.k.a. producing, were pretty awesome. I agree yes. with that. Don't you guys? Thank you, I Ellen. I really totally. enjoyed this. These last couple of weeks of shows were really great. Yeah, They were. And I... I know some people were lamenting um, the the loss of the 90 minute uh, ramble show, but as somebody who has to listen intently and actively and recap these shows, <laughs> I'm loving this. It was amazing, right? Yep. Right. Amen. Amen. Emojis to all that. Yeah. Sometimes it's really interesting when they get off on a tangent that leads somewhere, but so often the tangents just don't lead anywhere. And it's just them wandering around conversationally for 20 to 30 minutes on something that I don't think adds to the show. So I do like having a little direction and it's still left plenty of time for tangenting off into the sunset for a while. But it, it was yeah, these were really entertaining. I enjoyed these shows a lot. And I think having someone sitting in keeps them on their toes. They don't want to look, you know. <laughs> They don't want to look unprofessional or stupid in front of Phyllis because she's a right. she's a pro. Look it up in the book. Well, you have to limit the navel gazing when there's another navel there, right? <laughs> right, right. They might not be able to go down that road with you. Maybe they don't want to describe YouTube videos for half an hour or or talk about a movie without <laughs> saying anything for 25 minutes. Well, I'm sure that uh, this Monday's show will fulfill all the desires of the people who have missed the rambly there'll shows. be a no point conversion it, it'll it'll be like three or four hours yeah it's gonna be great. they've got a lot of rambling stored up in these past two weeks you you can listen to it while you shovel snow up in the northeast yes mm, don't bring that up <laughs> sorry all right no it's it's too cold to snow here so 
No snow. Just freeze your <laughs> snot to your face. Yep. It's too That's cold to snow. That's <laughs> awful. Let's go to the weekend review, shall we? Starting with Monday, number 2545, The Ten with the Dragon Tattoo. Nick Jaron is on the show today and for the rest of the week. He is great. I just love him. He brings facts and accuracy to the show. There were a number of times <laughs> when Luke started to say something this week and then was like, uh, nope, because Nick was there to <laughs> tell him the actual facts of something. <laughs> Um, they start speculating about what Andrew is doing in Hawaii when this show is coming out. Uh, Genevieve sent Andrew an itinerary, but he actually hasn't really looked at it. So he doesn't know where he'll be or what he's doing. He doesn't even know what island they're going to be on in Hawaii. This is why he almost misses flights from Austin. You know, he's afraid to open boxes at his house, that stuff that <laughs> he's actually ordered. And then he's also won't look at an itinerary even though it's pretty critical to know where you're gonna should be you know it's a lot of money at stake Mm -hmm. it's too much pressure on vives right especially she she doesn't seem to be very great at it so you might want (laughs) to might want to just pick up some slack buddy quick glance at it you know just make sure that that's at least this year you know that the reservation has been made for well, and I've done it before. Or one time I went on a vacation with a friend and she's kind of bossy and planny and likes to be in control. And I'm very accommodating. I'm just like, sure, whatever. So I was the Andrew in this situation. And I really didn't have that great of a time because I felt like I was tagging along on her vacation rather mm-hmm. than being on mine. Yeah, you got to own it. Yeah, you really do. Uh, but this does lead to... Um, can I call it an O Luke story about how he and Carrie went to a wedding in Hawaii and he actually booked tickets to the wrong island? Wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, well, I could see that happening, though. I, I don't know very much about Hawaii, but I, they, I know there the, are different islands. But All the islands, though, they have very distinct names, though. It's not like they all, you know, it's it's Maui and Kauai and uh-huh. you know, it's, Oahu. Yeah, yeah, it's not. They're not. It's not easily confused. I was wondering, do you suppose that was the Hawaii trip that they went on, that the mummy was there and Luke and the mummy jumped out of the second floor window into the swimming pool? Do you remember that story? No. Oh. Oh, I do. Yeah. They were high on mushrooms or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. they They were on some substance. I was just wondering if that could possibly be the same trip. Um. So... Uh, the long and short of it is Andrew doesn't know where he's going to be or what he's going to be doing, but he does know that they're Airbnb-ing it at a Golden Girls-type place, which sounds about perfect for Andrew. Yeah. Um, people are asking Nick lately if he's taller, and he's like, nope, same height as I've been for the last however many years. And Luke says maybe it's just that he has an air of maturity now, and people are seeing him as an adult. And that's why they think he's taller. He's very youthful looking. I mean, he's very young still, but. Speaking of taller, my, my friend uh, Rick was in town. He's the guy who was, was on the shows that Christy set up. Um, he was in town last night and we went out and um, I was telling him about the, when I got my last prosthetic and I stood up on it and I said, I said to the, the lady I work with, I said, I forgot I was tall. And, <laughs> and, and I was telling him that story and then he was, he was wheeling and I said, I, and it, 
because yeah, I said I kind of get used to being like four and a half feet tall, you know, because this this is a long, long session of me not, you know, of me being that height. And he was wheeling me out of the the bar last night, and he's saying, "Yeah, you are short." And he said, "But I I like it. I need I need to hang out with you more because he had open heart surgery a few months ago, and he he has trouble walking." you know, he's still like rehabbing and getting his wind back and getting his stamina back. And he was enjoying the fact that he could lean on my, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, cause usually I just wheel myself. I don't ask anybody to wheel me around on any flat ground, but he was happy to do it because it was like, you know how people who are only getting one item to get a shopping cart. Cause you know, sometimes they have trouble walking or whatever. Sure. I was his human walker and he was like, yeah, that, that's cool. Cool. You know, I think I might have told this story on the show, but after I had I had major liver surgery in 2010, I think, and they cut open my abdomen. And so my recovery was mostly me hunched over, walking, oh, yeah. holding my ribs, <laughs> yeah. and trying to keep my, my intestines from falling out. Trying not and, to cough ever. Yeah, or laugh or stabilize <laughs> right. myself in any way. And I was it was over kind of Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I was really, really bored um, one time. And I finally was like, I have the stamina to go to the grocery store, and I really want to make Christmas cookies, just something to keep myself busy. And so my dad, I think my dad was taking care of me at that point, and he drove me to the grocery store. And I was leaning, I was walking around holding uh, with a shopping cart, just leaning over on it because that was my natural gait at that point for like three months. And I was in, so in in Michigan, you can buy liquor at the grocery store and I was getting um, ingredients for rum cookies. And so I was buying rum and then hunched over this cart looking pretty pathetic. And who do I see but my surgeon? (laughs) Oh my, self-medicating, aren't we? (laughs) I was like, I swear I'm just getting these for cookies. My liver do that is not going to process Meredith. this. <laughs> I'd hate to see you die. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we get, uh, I wrote this down because I did think it was funny that Luke's phone, I think, autocorrected the holiday spectacular to the holiderp spectacular. <laughs> That's so much better. I know. I like it. <laughs> Because derp says regret. It's right there. Yeah. It's right there. Yep. Exactly. I forget how they get into the topic of domain names and they go looking at tbtl.com and find out that it's still for sale, but now it's for sale for $23,795. Yeah. Um, they get into um, why we all use .com instead of .pizza or .ninja or anything. And how we still think of .com as more serious or legit, uh, how you can tell fake websites. And in fact, I just saw something on Facebook this morning, about, uh, like a pamphlet poster thing about um, spotting fake news. And one of the ways to tell is that it doesn't have a .com ending on right. the website mm-hmm. name. So I don't know. I, I think maybe we shouldn't be in such a hurry to get .pizza. No, I mean, you. nothing's less legit than if you're not a .com or a .org, I have no time for you. No, no. I think it's going to be a long while before we have any respectable alternatives to those two things. Yeah. Um, but they're very happy that when you Google TBTL, it is the first result and not the lumber company anymore. I think it's been the first result for a long time. But Andrew said there is some by the lake arts organization or something that sometimes mm-hmm. they they get some confusion with that people coming to their website that are 
trying to do something to do with the arts. <laughs> they finally get to the topic of the day, which is tattoo regrets. Luke says he does not regret getting his ex's name tattooed on his arm even though he did go to all that trouble to get it removed he says it was just it wasn't right for him anymore he wasn't embarrassed by it but he was at a point in his life where it just didn't make any more sense for him to have it and he says that he finds tattoos humanizing which i don't understand at all huh if you have a tattoo you're a more human person i i feel like in i'm fine with tattoos and and you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of beautiful artwork and, and stuff, but I, th- I feel like a lot of people use it as a substitute for a personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Luke doesn't need tattoos. It, you know, he, feel free to get them, but you don't need them, dude. You know, you don't need a conversation starter. You're you're good, you know? I don't know. I'm not a tattoo guy, but... I've had two tattoos uh, applied and two tattoos removed. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> <laughs> I got them when I was 18. My brother owned a tattoo shop and I was like, I'm 18. I can do whatever I want. I'm not going to think about this decision. And so I uh, got my middle name tattooed on my arm and I got a little heart tattooed on my rib and they both looked very stupid and uh, got them removed a few years ago and I've never been happier. Mm. Yeah, I had plenty of opportunities to get uh, free tattoos because my my uh, sell, my <laughs> It, when I was in prison, as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, there was a lot of uh, tattooing that took place in my cell when before I switched cellies, before my cellie went to the hole um, for a heroin uh, dirty UA. Uh, and I would sit on the steps uh, by the TV room. And then when the cop would start doing the rounds, I would, you know, sports could ball, yay, or whatever, you know, whatever the thing was. <laughs> And they would put the shit away. And for that, I banked a lot of um, credit with the tattoo artist. Um, but I, I took it in uh, coffee instead of tattoos. Because uh, I didn't want a jailhouse tattoo. And I wasn't particularly into tattoos. But, I mean, it's intriguing or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a good it's way a, to get hepatitis C. <laughs> right. And and I would rather have a jailhouse tattoo than a, you know, a really nice piece of art tattoo. Because um, I think it would be interesting on me and i always want to talk about my jail days so you know like come on hey look at my shitty tattoo you know why do you, you have could such still a shitty get tattoo? a shitty tattoo i know somebody <laughs> get one done with a typewriter engine <laughs> well i guess there are, there are all kinds of reasons for getting tattoos and some people do it in a, a drunken enthusiasm, and I think that's probably mm. not the best way. And some people yeah, that's the bad way. think about it for months and years, and I don't know. I, I don't feel the need to um, express myself in that way, but I applaud other people who do. But that being said, there are some mighty dumb tattoos out there. Oh, maybe yeah. maybe that's the part where that Luke finds humanizing, is seeing people's mistakes written on their bodies like that. I don't know. Uh, Speaking of which, this regret comes from listener Asia, who says that she regrets getting a tattoo when she was young, and she wanted an actual tattoo that said no regrets, but in Hebrew. Uh, And and, I mean, I think we all know that where this story was going, because Mm -hmm. it didn't actually say no regrets in Hebrew. It said something in in gibberish and uh that was the perfect situation for this story (laughs) yeah totally i i would be embarrassed by that too i think i would want my tattoo to be 
accurate. You could have saying. gone to a, a rabbi to get a correct translation, but then if they found out what you were going to do with that translation, they would say, hey, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And I think, wasn't it that she took no regrets and then just sort of physically translated like yeah. each letter? Into each letter, yes. right. Letter. That's never yeah. going to work. No, 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 no. Um, Luke brings up a topic that I thought was really interesting, but they really didn't get into it very far about how bad is it for white people to co-opt other languages in their tattoos to get your Sanskrit or your Chinese characters or anything. Is there, is there anything wrong with that? I have absolutely no idea, but I thought it would have been an interesting topic to explore. Uh, Nick mentions that he has a friend who has an incorrect kanji tattoo, Japanese kanji, but, um... It just, it didn't turn into saying something weird. Like, you know, it all, you always hear about the Chinese characters that say something completely different, but this kanji uh, tattoo was just gibberish and he says it's beautiful. So whatever. I feel, I feel uh, while we're on the subject of tattoos, I feel like a lot of money has been wasted in like the last 20 years since um, black people have started to get a lot more tattoos. Like I watch a lot of NBA games and a lot of these guys are tatted out and you just can't fucking see it. You know, you say, mm. that's a tattoo of something. I can't quite make it out. And I'm like, God, so much money you're spending. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe there's some other way you want to, you want to spend that. Cause I can't see it, dude. <laughs> yeah. But maybe the tattoo is just for him. It doesn't I, I matter whether that. you can see it. I, get I mean, that, but... I don't understand why you'd go to the trouble of putting it on your body if you didn't want other people to see it. But yeah. They, yeah, I, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't get it. I've gotten over it to some extent, you know, because it's so ubiquitous now. But when it first started happening, I was like, "Dude, buy a, buy a boat or something. Don't stop with this. <laughs> I, we, nobody can see it." Well, could somebody start a trend of uh, tattoos in a contrasting color? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's even possible. They have light colored tattoo ink. The problem with that is it's a lot harder to remove if you ever mm. have regrets. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Black well, ink is the easiest to, to remove, weirdly enough. Uh, problems that none of the three of us will ever have to deal with. No, so. no, 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 no. <laughs> Having a lot of money, having tattoos. <laughs> Luke comes in with another one of these gem stories from the plumbing supply company about the Romanian drifter who worked there for a short time who had a car that had the word corpse-mobile on it, uh, oh, who cool. had... A bunch of really bad tattoos, including a half of a shark. <laughs> I guess hey, uh, there, there, uh, there were people that that got uh, gaffled up and taken to the hole and taken to other prisons <laughs> that uh, had tattoos in progress. So this is a real, this is a real thing. Because usually the kind of guys who are getting all those tattoos in prison, they're doing other stuff that's not not I great. I suppose so. And so. Uh, so if they have some work in progress, it's uh, sometimes it has to. Be, it's going to have to be finished at another facility by another artist. Oh, that's no good. You can't match that style. I know it makes for some really bad tattoos. The uh, second listener regret comes from Tim, who leaves us a voicemail with this story that was kind of convoluted about how he was at a bar sometime and a random guy gave him what he refers to as a white credit card that had a website written on it. And when he eventually went to that website, it was 
an invitation to something that he calls a matrixy puzzle room, which seems to be kind of an art installation slash underground cool thing. But the problem was that Tim had waited so long before checking this out that the whole thing was over by the time he got into it. And he regrets the magical night that he potentially missed by doing it. See, I was thinking that I would not have trusted this person with this mystery website for a second. I would have stayed far away from that. I don't want to, you know, end up in a white slaver ring or a kill room somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I assume that this was, I guess that depends on your threshold for adventure, but this sounds like a business card, probably not a credit card, right? That yeah. has a thing on it. And then yeah. you, you put in the code and, and it sends, and I assume this was like an escape room thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like maybe a little more artsy than that, but an escape room where you have to kind of f- figure out the clues and, and find your way out. Yeah, like I would guess so. As long as there's no murder, that sounds like kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, if your host is a guy named Jigsaw, you get the hell out of there. True, true. Hey, come on know. in. Sit down. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm going to be on my way. i got a bad feeling. Just one moment. I want to show you this fantastic bear trap that I found. Oh, no, that's all right. <laughs> And uh, they're still doing the donors at the end of the show. I kind of like this donors at the mm-hmm. end of the show. And um, Andrew comments that the more they, the longer they play the mellow hold music, the more they get into Noodle Town. And I was just like, oh, Noodle Town, that sounds like a fantastic <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked it up. There is a Noodle Town. I think it was Bloomington, Indiana. And then there was something similar in New York. But I feel like this could be a great franchise opportunity for Good us. A place to go on a, on a day when it's too cold to snow. Oh, God, yes. Slip on mm. into Noodle Town. <laughs> All right. That's Monday. All right, Tuesday, 2546. Friends are friends forever. Um, Nick Jaren is a self-proclaimed psychopath who doesn't feel regret. Uh, they somehow immediately start talking about LaMelo Ball's uh, rap skills, um, and Nick Jaren is not a big fan of his. And uh, I, it wasn't horrible. I've certainly heard no. worse. Mm-hmm. It's just an unfortunate name, LaMelo Ball. It sure LaMelo. is. <laughs> Especially when you when you when he's owning something, Lamelo Balls. And this is the kid who has a sneaker contract, right? At sixteen. Well, it's with his, his dad's dad's company. company so. so great, good job. Yeah, and he pulled him out of uh, school. They're all going to play in the Baltic League in Lithuania for, um, I think, I think like three thousand dollars total for the season. So, oh dear, the brand is the brand is really going to take off over there. Wow, good job. It's fantastic. Um, Andrew talks about tweeting the 1994 Billboard Top 100 list and notes that Ace of Base had three songs on it and uh, that they're also white supremacists, which is something I've heard as well. Wow. I was going to say, do we know that for sure? I, I've heard rumblings about that hmm. plenty of times. Hmm. It doesn't surprise me. Um, moving on is uh, Nick Jaren's Regret today um and he talks about how his father or mother i'm not sure was in the navy so he moved around a lot as a child and uh he never got super attached to to the other kids uh, because he knew he was going to be leaving but he did make um a good friend named gregory and uh he was one of the only other non-white non-black kids in school as he puts it um and he eventually uh, did have to move away. And so he and Gregory would write letters, but Nick eventually stopped responding to the letters. And that is his regret. 
And they talk about how Nick hasn't been able to find this guy on social media at all. And as as if she's being summoned, um, <laughs> P. Fletch appears in the doorway yeah. <laughs> with Gregory's Instagram account. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't show up with his like court papers from some minor right. <laughs> incident and from his past. I, or we never got an update on this. I was hoping that later in the week that he would say, well, I guess it was the same day, wasn't it? Maybe, maybe soon we'll get an update because I'm really curious about this. This is a sweet story and I hope that they could reconnect or at least like bury the hatchet um, so that Nick doesn't have to feel terrible about this anymore. Um, I, I have my own pen pal regret story. <laughs> and this was a Russian kid too and I was writing to this girl back and forth for a long time and I was probably eight or nine how do you fall into that is it through school it was through school I think it was the same um sister city thing um so my friend Michelle and I would collaborate on these letters and and it was kind of fun for a while and then I got really sick of it but she she I felt like my pen pal was really needy and I didn't know how to cut it off because I was a stupid child and so Michelle and I concocted this this elaborate scheme where we told my pen pal that I was going to have open heart surgery and then oh Michelle wrote her a letter God. and told her that I would died oh, oh Meredith God yeah. Meredith did you follow through with this Yeah That's incredible Oh my god! Isn't that horrible? If it were a Twilight Zone episode, uh, <laughs> things wouldn't have turned out so well for you. I'm I know, afraid. I know. Oh my god, that it is was a- awful. Whew. That is a regret. You just trumped my pen pal story because I also had a pen pal that I got hooked up with through I don't know, some pen pal club or something, and I was really excited. I wrote her a letter. I excited to get a friend. I was living in Switzerland, you know, so I was way far away and she was like in Texas or something and she wrote back and she sent a picture of herself and I looked at it and she just didn't look anything like what I had been picturing in my mind. She didn't look bad. She's just a perfectly normal person, but it was so counter to what I thought it would be that I just never wrote back. Oh, well. Wow. I'm- That's how I felt when I looked at the NPR website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You mean yeah, when you, you saw know, Peter Sagel for the first time? Yeah. Oh boy. The internet age this show is anymore. sort of, uh, sort of demystified um, radio. Uh, yeah. Very occasionally, you're pleasantly surprised, like Kai Rizdal. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. But uh, more often than not, you're like, oh, oh well. <laughs> I don't have a, an evil pen pal star. I didn't have a. <laughs> I didn't have any pen pals when I was a kid, but uh, wrote a lot of letters in prison back and forth, especially with Barb, my friend Mike Smith, Bill Radke, you know, a lot of that, a lot of, a lot of great people wrote back and forth and no, no regrets about any of it. It's all great. And I kept all the letters. I have them somewhere. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah. We wrote a lot of letters in elementary school and middle school and high school, and I, I have them in a box somewhere and I really love to go back and read those. A lot of Man, fun drawings. If if only you'd been able to make copies of the of the, the, the <laughs> I I died in open heart surgery oh letter yeah God. yeah it was in Michelle's handwriting too so that I wouldn't be oh sure found out sure. Uh, I think we I think we felt really terrible about it afterwards and confessed to our parents and then we got in big trouble because she probably cried her eyes out I know it's so awful kids are so dumb I don't know <sighs> you kind of went about that like a criminal genius it was premeditated for sure i wouldn't have confessed i would have gotten i would have gotten a bag of bananas and just headed down to the park (laughs) that would have been it 
Well, I guess I live in the bushes now. <laughs> this is this is this is it now. I've done me. this to myself. Until yep. I can get into ladies' professional basketball, I'm going <laughs> to be sitting in these bushes eating bananas. Yep. Hey, that doesn't sound so bad. Um, we hear Allie's regret. She's the listener, and uh, she tells us about seeing Ira Glass live. Um, she got a text during the show and uh, foolishly checked it while sitting in the front row. Mm. And she thinks that Ira noticed this and glared at her and then wouldn't call on her during the Q&A sesh. <laughs> yeah, she's right to feel bad about this. I'm glad she feels bad about this because you shouldn't do that unless there's something really dire going on, in which case maybe you don't go to the show. Or you just get up, right? You right. quietly excuse yourself. And Phyllis, being super sweet, consoles her and says, I'm sure Ira's not sweating it anymore. No, no. But he probably noticed. Yes. If she noticed him noticing, he probably <laughs> noticed. You, yeah. know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's hard to draw a straight line from him seeing her text to him not calling on her during the Q&A. But yeah, I, I'm sure there's tons of people with their hands up. And pro- oh, God, but probably yes. the glare was, was real. Yeah, could yeah. be. Yeah, I was picturing uh, tons of people with their hands up and half of them prefacing their, their thing. With, I, this may not be relevant to this discussion, but... <laughs> I just wanted uh, to hear myself talk. Right, right. So they asked for questions. Here's my question. Uh, I, how do I file self-employment taxes in the state of Indiana? <laughs> oh, God. Good thing to ask. Ira Glass. Uh, the guys do wonder what um, awesome apps he's using on his iPad. I feel like Luke could figure that out pretty quickly. He could mm-hmm. ask Ira Glass. Never right? stops reminding us that he has Ira Glass's email address. Exactly. Yeah, but then we'd have to listen to a half an hour conversation about whether he and Ira are, are friends, friends oh, or not. Oh, God. Yeah. It doesn't and matter. And whether he remembers Andrew or not. Yeah. <laughs> Never it, mind. It matters not in the world, you know? You're not going to be best buddies with him, so let's just move on with whatever relationship there is. Your vague colleagues. That's right. fine. Sure, That's more go. than most of us are going to get. Uh, they talk a little bit about the donor music. Uh, Luke loves to play it because Andrew hates the opening chime. And then they bring it down several notches by uh, noting that a listener wrote in saying that the chime reminds them of the sound that the chemo machine makes. Oh. Terrible. See, that alone, I think, is enough for them to take five minutes and go and just chop off the half a second at the beginning of that where you can kind of hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's do a good that enough for reason. the listener. Yeah. There was a thread on the stands uh, of all people that can't hear it, which I couldn't hear it until one day I was listening, I think with earbuds instead of just playing it and I could hear it. So I just think it, it it's for some people there may be some, some condition that, that doesn't allow them to hear it. But I think for the most part, it's probably just what you're the, the way in which you're taking in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't find the chime to be annoying, but I do have jazz phobia. So that's, that's why I don't like it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> when they start noodling, you're out. Yeah, totally. Um, but luckily uh, Phyllis is there to bring everything way, way, way back up with the awesome party in the USA, which is the song they go out with. And I love it. And I would mention that you should all go check out the sign language version of that on YouTube because it is a delight. Huh. All right. Uh, Wednesday, 2547 Daring Don't. This show was really uh, kind of all over the place and fun. And but when it um, when it got serious, it got serious. Um, first, the fun stuff. Nick 
uh, he was asked if what he misses about radio because he um, went away from Cairo. I think he works in software something mm-hmm. now and and just does his podcast. And he says he only misses the the deadlines because that was like the adrenaline rush of having to, you know, um, th- find out which which dumpster fire we're going to cover, you know, tonight <laughs> since there's nothing going on. We need those pictures so, now. Right, you know, get the guy out. He got we got to have him out in front of the dumpster. Um, Luke finds himself uh, addicted to the performative aspect of the way he makes money. But at one hmm. point, when he was fired from NPR, says that he his plan was to become a firefighter. That is so weird. It's so weird. We've never heard about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he could do it. But he can't grow a mustache. How can he be a firefighter? Oh, yeah, you're right. He <laughs> can't grow facial hair. You can, without that mustache, I mean, that's part of the that's part of the deal. They're not even going to let you take the test. That you show up there and they're like, uh, uh, I'm going to, here, put this on. You know, it's like one of those. <laughs> okay. But when you come back for the physical phase, we're going to need to see some growth. Yeah. And he won't be able to do it. Uh, Andrew, on the other hand, uh, is always tempted to work at any, any place that he frequents. And in this case, it's teriyaki madness. He, and he wonders if he needs to start as, um, start as a busser and work his way up. Or if, if his experience in radio, especially producing would allow him to slide in at, at sort of a shift manager or maybe full blown manager position. Um, answer is no. No, Andrew, no, you're mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to manage the restaurant right out of the gate because you won't know what you're doing. So I'm afraid you're going to have to be a driver or be a busser or something. Mm-hmm. So, But well, he sounds like he's Domino's willing to do this. Next door to the teriyaki place. Minor detail. Oh, I don't know if that matters. I, You know what? You might be right. You might be right. But uh, neither way, yeah. He's, 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 he's been to college, so he's qualified for the manager position. But you can't just walk into a place and manage it. You have yeah. to. Understand you have to do the job, especially food service. You have to know how to do all the jobs before mm-hmm. you can show someone else how to do all the jobs. Otherwise, people will make fun of you behind your back, and you will have no control of of any uh, of any of the restaurant. Yep. Um, uh, Philip is a photographer. I didn't know this. She has some professional equipment. That was surprising to me, even though we know Phyllis really, really well. Yeah, I she takes some beautiful some pictures stuff. on Facebook. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I had no idea that, that she thought that she might, you know, that might be a thing for her if she wasn't doing what she was doing. Um, I'm sure she'd be amazing at it. Um, Luke was at a an event uh, the previous evening when a um, famous photographer, I guess, named Mick Rock. Was that the guy's name? Mick Rock? Yeah. That sounds made up. But anyway, um, <laughs> guy's a professional photographer and he's signing his, his photos. But he's... He's taking pictures at the event with his cell phone, which is pretty great. Um, and Luke wonders if cell phone cameras are better than professional cameras. And we all know the answer to <laughs> no. that was going to be, um, then why do, why are there still, why is the the White House press room not just with people with all, all their cell, cell phone cameras? <laughs> but, you know, photographers, they, there's something about them. It, their equipment is secondary to their vision and talent. I thought mm-hmm. I wanted to be a photographer for a while and I thought I just need a better and better camera. I'm not very good at this. It's probably my camera. <laughs> well, yeah. it's not, you know, I have a really nice yeah. camera now and I still kind of take mediocre pictures. Um, so you have to have that vision before you can take a good, and I've seen some amazing cell phone pictures. 
that people, you know, photographers have taken. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, I don't know. Luke had to know that answer was coming in. But he, he says that yeah. uh, his dad is potentially one of the iPad picture takers. I I didn't know this was kind of a meme, but it doesn't surprise me of yeah. the, the uh, lummoxes at events holding up their iPads, blocking <laughs> yes. everyone's blocking everyone's view so they can get a grainy concert uh, photo from a distance since they have no zoom and they're going to post on Facebook and people go, Oh man, that's amazing. And you can't even make out who the, who's, if you don't know what concert they're at, you never know from the picture who, who is on stage. Concert pictures are the worst. I wish we could I have just a big retire beef them. With those. I, yeah. I would like to shut that down America. Yeah. No one looks at them. No one likes them. You're never going to look at them again. Just enjoy the concert, please. <laughs> Thank you. You just said everything that I wanted to say. Um, then, then we get probably the moment of the week. If if we still did clip of the week, uh, this this might this might qualify. Luke says that uh, both of his parents, when meaning to say faux pas, like the uh, French <laughs> phrase for a mistake, they both say fupa, <laughs> and this leads oh. to to. I don't know if Phil has participated in the in the fupa. Uh, discussion, but I, I think I, she I, did off air. I think she corrected them off air. Okay, well, yeah, on the air, she didn't stop it. Uh, and Andrew was just having a lot of fun with it, just saying "fupa, fupa, fupa" <laughs> is the way I remember it. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is stop. this is a tragedy." Please stop doing this. And it was even a um, post on the Stens page. Someone was like, "Did they? Did this? Ha- did this?" I really think there were two happen? posts. Were there? Okay. Somebody tell them what it means. Oh my god, that was so fantastic. Um. Anyway, uh, Luke, uh, they come back in from uh, I think an ad with a Beastie Boys song, and um, I think I agree with them that uh, the Beastie Boys got off on the wrong foot with their big hit being fight for your right to party because it's kind of a stupid song and it was a kind of a a silly video but uh eventually they redeemed themselves i believe and and luke does admit that the beastie boys are good um to to no one's surprise um and andrew asks what makes a particular porno mag the best uh come on andrew stop with the line of questioning you're a dude you know what makes a particular (laughs) one the best I mean, come on. I've had talked a lot of prison today, but, you know, everyone had their best porno bag. <laughs> you knew which one was the best. Uh, then um, I'm not going to recount the story here because um, if you haven't heard it, you have to go listen to yeah. Phyllis tell her story uh, of regret about her, her dad. Um, I I can't even give any details here because I'll start crying and everyone's so tired of that. Uh, that old, that old chestnut me, t- me crying on the show. Um, it does lead Luke to talk about his, uh, lazy dad. I love, I love the way that his, uh, dad's sisters talked about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, a, he was a roofer, but he didn't want to go out. It was too hot or too cold or too temperate. Cause then it was, if it was nice out. He didn't want to go, he didn't go to work. So it really left him with no actual work days. That was fantastic. Uh, Phyllis has to explain to the guys what Sugar Hill means. Um, it's uh, it's amazing. It's been in culture for I don't know forty years now, but uh, they had to explain it to they had to explain it to the guys. But I'm glad I'm glad they got it now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a TBTL. I since Wednesday was so light, and I knew I wasn't going to recount Phyllis' story. Uh, I watched the uh, TBTL video, um, "Hey Dummies" video this week, and Andrew answered the question: Which celebrity would you want doing your voice navigation in your car, like getting you to where you um, need to go? And I gave it some thought, and I had um, my my two favorites because <clears throat> I wanted to choose one one male and one female. The uh, the the male that I chose as a sportscaster, um, who uh, just a beloved longtime sportscaster, Keith Jackson, and he went to he went to school at Washington State, but I'll forgive him because it's a better communication <laughs> school than the stupid one at UW. <laughs> and I just I always loved the, his calls on games, and and his his signature phrase was "Oh Nelly," and I'd like to hear him, you know, just say. Oh, Nelly, proceed to the route. You took a <laughs> wrong turn there, pal. I was like, oh, shit. Um, and then Helen Mirren would be my... Uh, oh, that's a good choice. Yeah, that is a good choice. Because I just feel like I would never question anything that she was telling me to do, you know? Like, I thought Judy Dench, but then I thought I'd feel just too rebuked, you know, when I'd make mm-hmm. a wrong turn or whatever. Mm-hmm. She would just be, like, so derisive of me you know make me feel bad (laughs) Helen Mirren would be a little gentler but the British thing you know that that works for me so on the on the negative side um male side Bill Cosby every time I'd hear his voice I'd be like oh man motherfucker (laughs) shut up don't tell me what to do Bill Cosby and the female side Winona Ryder oh that makes sense for you she has had her day in court, <laughs> so many days in court that she didn't deserve. Uh, I was talking about this with Emily the other day. Like in the mid '80s, the Brat Pack actors coming up, um, two in particular had no talent whatsoever, and it was apparent very immediately. Um, one of them was Winona Ryder, who's playing been playing Winona Ryder for literally forty years and getting away with one bewildered expression. Um, the other one was Andrew McCarthy, who came on the scene in a movie called Class uh, with Rob Lowe, who blew him off the fucking screen. And um, the only reason anyone watched the scenes with Andrew McCarthy is because they want to look at Jacqueline Bissett's boobs. <laughs> so somehow he made it through some of these Brat Pack movies. Uh, but by 1989, he did Weekend at Bernie's. And after that, you never saw him in any successful motion picture or major television project um, because he had one bewildered expression. But for some reason, Winona Ryder's been skating for years. And while her voice probably isn't particularly grating to me, every time she would talk, I'd be like, how? How? <laughs> I don't get it. How? Are you hot? Well, you're kind of cute, but not, you know, you're not like smoking hot, so that's not going to work. You can't act. I, I don't get it. And I would crash into something. So did you guys have any thoughts on, on this? Uh... I did. For my uh, voices that I would like, uh, I had one quibble with Andrew's answering of this question, and that was his contention that the person should be alive. I figure as long yeah. as we're going for fantasy right. celebrities to yeah. voice our navigation system, don't limit yourself to people who are actually alive. So Give me Alexander for... the Great. I don't fucking care. I mean, yeah. you, you, this is make-believe. It's just as likely that I can get Alexander the Great to do it as anybody else. <laughs> right. so, 
So the man that I picked sounds like (laughs) the man that I picked is Alan Rickman. Oh, Oh, that's good. Oh my god, it would give me chills, man. He's he's like he's like stage type guy. He's He's so great. My my brother and I always called him Peanut Butter Voice because that's what it (laughs) made made us think of. And for the woman, um, a little bit similar to your pick, Mike, I thought Kate Blanchett. Uh huh. Yeah, just oh, like yeah. kind of a younger version of of a yep. Helen Mirren. Yeah. Yep. But she has the Australian accent, so yeah, yeah, that would yeah. be really soothing to listen to. Uh, for my bad people, I I didn't do any um psychological or emotional choices the way that you did, Mike. <laughs> I did purely on voice for my my yeah. man. It would be Gilbert Gottfried. I do not want to <gasps> hear sure. him. That's who I picked. <laughs> <laughs> And for the woman, I it was a tie between Roseanne and Fran Drescher. Uh, I also picked oh. Fran Drescher, and wow, wow, we are on the same wavelength. That's, That's amazing. So, who um, you, who'd you have on the positive side, Mary? So, um, I couldn't decide between Morgan Freeman. I think it would be amazing mm. to have the voice of God directing me around the roads. Yeah. Um, but I think I think Freddie Mercury would oh, come out nice. ahead. Um, I love his voice so much, and I've spent the morning listening to isolated Freddie Mercury vocal tracks, um, and it was just delightful. Um, oh, is it as good as the guy from Smash Mouth? It's almost, <laughs> almost, almost. Um, and I was messing around with my Waze app, and I noticed that you can change. There's a lot of different voices in Waze, and they do promotions with like current movies and stuff. And they're doing a Liam Neeson voice right now because he's got huh. a movie coming out like next week. So you can have Liam Neeson do your your I don't navigation. Know, man. Some the, there's going to be murders in the car, there's gonna be kidnapping. <laughs> Someone's in the trunk. I I said it. I haven't gone anywhere yet, but I'll I'll let you guys know how that works. I have out. to drive with my eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, my blindfolded, all that. I, I you can only drive to storage containers and industrial too, parks. Too stressful. Yeah. As for female voices, uh, I couldn't decide between Beyonce or Rihanna. I think both of those. I love their attitudes, and I think that would give me some driving confidence. <laughs> I can be a little bit timid. Um, Girl, and there's then... another exit you can take. Don't even <laughs> worry about it. You have to be an aggressive driver here. Uh, Detroit is kind of what the yeah. Wild West when it comes to traffic, and so you have uh-huh. to be you have to be aware of your surroundings and you have to be confident and decisive. He's so going to blow that, that. four way stop, sister. Don't even just <laughs> sit this one out. Right, exactly. Don't even. And Anne stole my 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 nose, but I would I would also say um, Bobcat Goldthwait's on that list of people's oh. voice I don't want to listen to ever. Yeah, probably not. Okay. All right. Uh, appreciate that. That was interesting. Um, yeah. I'm done with Wednesday. That's for sure. All right. Thursday, 2548. KB or not KB? Um, we start out with a discussion about people running onto fields, I think naked or not, and being banned from them. Um, how how on earth could somebody ban you from a whole entire stadium? Uh, do they have a list of names or pictures somewhere and they're going to say, no, you can't come back? Yeah, you'd have to be pretty like... You'd have to almost be a celebrity to be that recognizable yeah. because there's so many entrances to the stadium and you, you're not, you know, you'd have to be trying to get in while nude, you know. Right. Oh, you're well, that we guy. We recognize that All torso. Right. Yeah. Right. Mike, you're a, the sports ball watcher here. Does this happen? I mean, is this a constant thing that's happening all the time? Uh, I would say probably once every couple of weeks there's an incident somewhere in the in the world 
that's is it mostly college notable. do you think it's like drunk college kids doing this um it it's uh, definitely kind of guy <laughs> um, yeah. not always college but uh you know sometimes it's it's guys that are it's, it's either drunkenness or it's like um kind of a hippie mentality um the i would love to see like a supercut. I hope that this is available somewhere online of these guys getting just creamed by the yes. security guards. It's so yes. satisfying when they finally and and it it has happened in an NFL uh, stadium where a guy ran out, out on the field and one of the players just oh, took him nice. the fuck out. It was so satisfying. I'm not a fan of that. Um as as you'll hear on this uh week's earbuds and earworms um i'm not a fan of a lot of extraneous activity at um sports football games and that is really does apply to idiots running out into the action what i what i do love is and i'll watch these on youtube all day is when cats get out onto the yeah that's field. so great and, <laughs> and then everybody and... stops and tries to catch it and and not hurt it <laughs> when then the guy does catch it and he's so sorry He's so yes. sorry he picked because <laughs> it's going cat. to claw his face off. Oh my god! Some of the, he, and the I admire some of these guys that hang on to the cat even though yeah. it's just killing them. Because <laughs> uh, my my dog Frank once um, when we were on a walk he slipped the leash and he went and got a cat and he was trying to shake it to death and I uh, went up and was trying to get it out of his mouth and that cat just murdered my hands yeah. just murdered them. And he died later after. Oh, it's pretty horrible. But, but that's Jack. Um, <laughs> he was a cat killer. Uh, oh no, that was Frank. Frank. Jack, oh, Frank. Yeah. Jack, oh, Jack would have gladly killed any cat that he encountered, but he just <laughs> he didn't know how to slip the leash. Frank was a rascal. Well, Luke talks about his own being banned story, um, and this is where he punched a businessman at a casino for being rude to the, their waitress, and uh, he was removed from the casino in probably the nicest way possible. They cashed out his chips, they called him a car, and they banned him until 9 a.m. Did they give him some chicken strips? I know. <laughs> Sounds like a great way to leave the casino. Everyone should Here's do this. Here's chicken strips, and do you need some dipping sauce? You can't come back for six hours. Um, they talk more about um, how much Luke regrets uh, Burbanking that awful joke about his nickname in high school. And uh, he says that he would easily trade that $7,500 that he lost in his other regret in the high roller room to erase that event from history. Mm. That seems fair. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. And then they talk about how the words that we used as children are are, are becoming less and less okay. And, and that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good thing um that we aren't hurting people with our words as much hopefully i'm always looking for fresh ways to hurt people i don't (laughs) you know let's not rely on their old crutches it's a deep well it's a deep well we don't have to keep recycling the old ones right we can come up with new ways to be mean just tease them about their weight just make some you know offhand comments and then eventually they'll develop an eating disorder Luke wonders when the listeners will finally get off the Burbank train. And I was thinking, well, some of them already have. <laughs> yep. Ghostface listener. Yep. Um, our listener regret for today is Lauren in Florida. I think that's Lauren Castelli. It is. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And she tells this adorable story about being at a Giants game with her father. 
Um, it was it was a kind of a boring game. Not much was going on. She said she was five or six years old. And so her dad went to get her ice cream, and he missed the only home run of the game. And then he <laughs> handed her a vanilla cone and holding his strawberry cone, and she gave him doe eyes. And so he traded his strawberry for her vanilla, <laughs> and then she immediately dropped the strawberry on the ground. So he handed her <laughs> his other one. <laughs> So sweet. That's being a dad. That's being a good dad, Lauren. I don't think you need to regret that. You were and being there's a no kid. way. There's no way he missed a Jose Canseco home run. <laughs> the Giants. <laughs> she was probably joking. I hope so, but it's cute. It's cute it to, to be cute. that. You know, I mean, wanting to go to the game because he wanted to get the snacks, and to be that checked out on, um, you know, to reference a player who never played with that particular team is fantastic it's such a good this is such a good dad story i just love yeah. It. yeah well it's how i know that that i wouldn't be as good of a parent because i'm not switching my strawberry ice cream for your vanilla no way no way yeah. you eat your vanilla or you get nothing this reminded me of something when i was i was staying at my mom's for a while in november when i first got to michigan and uh she made bacon for breakfast one morning and there were five pieces and there were three people my stepdad my mom and me and I noticed that without saying a word or making a scene about it she gave my stepdad and I each two pieces and she took one piece Aww. and I was like that is mother love right there yeah yep. that's nice so I think that's a sweet story Lord. Don't feel bad about it. And you can tell that Lauren has a really close relationship with her dad because she posts a lot of pictures of the two of them on Facebook that are yeah. And she said really they laugh sweet. about it now. Yep. Yeah. yeah it's, they survived it. <laughs> yeah. And this, of course, leads to a long conversation about ice cream and how a cone is the worst delivery system for ice cream, especially with a child. It really is like yeah, it's, it's like a, hovering around a nuclear weapon when you have a little child eating ice cream um, to keep it just, from dripping Just all save over the time. Or, just order the ice cream cone just save some time just smear it all over their face ask them to put their hands out smear it all over their hands and then throw the fucking thing in the garbage because exactly. that's what's going to happen or or if you're going to be in the car don't even give them the cone just just spread it all around their car seat and on the door handles and anything that the, within their reach just spread the ice cream around and then chuck it in the bushes because <laughs> that's what you know same thing yeah get it in a cup guys and yeah, I, I'm not coming off my ice cream either. For any, I'm pretty serious about ice cream. It's the one sweet that I really love the most. And uh, you know, if if that kid, if that kid drops her cone, um, yeah, tough. You know, that's tough. Um, that's a life lesson. I don't know. You gotta yeah. learn. Yeah, hold on to your if, food. If I did give her my cone, if I, you know, if I was like feeling particularly generous, and I was like, okay, I'm not even hungry. I didn't even want this ice cream. Here you go. And she dropped that one. I'm staying for the rest of the game, but on the way home, we're stopping at the fire station. We had a good run, Lauren. <laughs> Safe drop-off spot. Yep. Yep. Have you ever had Dippin' Dots, Mike? No, and I worked in a stadium that had them for five years. I was never tempted. It's just, what's wrong with ice cream? I don't know. Anne, have you? A, yeah. In a bucket. What do you think about them? Uh, I, well, you just have to stop thinking of them as ice cream because they're not ice cream. They're weird little balls that are kind of fun to eat. Uh-huh. And, and balls. that's it. <laughs> you can you can enjoy them on their own merits, but we got to stop comparing them to ice cream. Okay. Mm. I That's how I feel about astronaut ice cream. I think it's disgusting and disappointing. I've never had it. And it, it tastes like styrofoam. I, I don't understand the appeal of it. I guess 
like people want to see what it's like or whatever that uh, but i want the best of something you know but not mm-hmm. something designed for conditions that are yeah. less than I optimal. thought it was cool. You know, I would get it when I would go to the planetarium as a kid or whatever. And okay. I thought it was cool. Like, oh, this is what I, astronauts eat. I'm an astronaut. But so there are two key components to ice cream. One being ice, two being cream. And astronaut ice cream is neither. Right. <laughs> it's warm styrofoam. That's all it is. Mm. Mm. Um, Andrew talks about how... Uh, his parents were very strict, and he wasn't really allowed to have t- tan- uh, temper tantrums. He wasn't allowed to kind of be annoying. <laughs> Being an annoying kid was not not part of his repertoire. Um, but he was at KB Toys one time and saw a rare G.I. Joe that he really, really wanted. And his parents wouldn't let him get it, and he threw an actual fit, a rare fit for Andrew. And he felt bad about that enough, and then he also felt way worse when on Christmas he opened that very toy. Turns out they had already purchased it for him. That's like a perfect storm of just feeling like a huge jit germ. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's least, a good regret. At least they yeah. still gave it to him. <laughs> I know. It's a temptation they didn't throw to be like, it in oh, the fire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was in a I was in a Fred Meyer once uh, with my parents, and I I saw the big Jim trailer set, and uh, I was starting to throw a fit. And my dad says, "No kid of mine's gonna be gay." <laughs> they wouldn't buy it for me. Oh, that's such a sweet story. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, they talk about how terrible surprises can be, <laughs> and Luke talks yeah. about how his uncle Mike ruined his surprise birthday party which was going to be held at Stuart Anderson's Black Angus, and he really didn't want to go there. And so he was getting madder and madder and madder until his wife finally said, it's a surprise party. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to go to Black Angus? Man, those restaurants are great. I don't think you guys have them, right? Or I don't know what it is. Oh, yeah. It's a, it was a uh, regional steakhouse up, up in uh, up in Washington. And, and that was where you went like with your prom date or, you know, it's mm-hmm. nice. It's nice. Well, it it was uh, sounds like maybe a silent and awkward remaining drive to Black <laughs> Angus for a really yeah. fun surprise party afterwards. Oh my god, I don't yeah surprise parties. No, I'm like, no. I'm with uh, Nick's friend. I was like, that's all right. You know, tell me if we're gonna have a party. You can tell. I me. don't even want to have a party. A surprise no, I don't. Party I don't is want. Ten times worse. Yeah, I don't want it. But if it's important to you, give it to me. I'm gonna probably have a good time and just go ahead and just tell me. My roommate threw one for me once and it was we were we were in this um small choir together and right in the middle of rehearsal and I was the director of the choir at that time and in the middle of rehearsal she was like I gotta go run an errand and I was like what she and she said I'm just I'm gonna be back really quickly and she was gone forever and I was having the most uncharitable thoughts about her I was like god this is so like Rachel why does she have to (laughs) behave like this and then we went home and found out that she had been letting people into our apartment <laughs> for the surprise Aww. party. <laughs> that is sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they talk a little bit about holding a table being the worst. I don't know. I I kind of have some Andrew leanings, but I have no problem holding a table. Yeah, like I'll yeah. tell people to, to back up. I I am with them that you got to have enough clothing to cover all the chairs. That's a, that was funny. I have a sock hanging. Start over taking this off one. your socks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, coats definitely help. But I have no problem just being like, yeah, I'm holding this for other people. Yeah, but it's on your friends then to be on time. Oh, yes. Or close to on time because it gets fucking embarrassing, you know? Oh, we're still half an hour away. And like people are standing over you, you know? 
Well, there are plenty of places that won't seat you until everyone's right. there. In Austin, that's pretty much a standard. Yeah, because mm-hmm. then, yeah, they're so busy, they're just going to have half-empty tables everywhere. Yeah, that's that's a bad business decision to let a lot of table holding go on. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how this came up, but we learned that uh, Susie Burbank fetishizes the Amish in kind of a weird way. I think it was the donor of the day was from Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. And so they get on this Pennsylvania Dutch uh, tip and how she once walked into some, well, not walked into, but like knocked on some Amish person's door and just went and hung out with them for a while. Mm. It's like climbing into climbing into a cage at the zoo. Yeah. (laughs) What is this like? Tell me about your weird life. Come on. I would have loved to be a fly on that wall. Yeah. That's a major fupa as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Uh, speaking of which, let's go to Friday, number 2549, Emo, <laughs> then Screamo. Uh, in a typical TBTL fashion, they start talking about whether they have any regrets about the regrets shows. Andrew regrets accidentally saying FUPA so many times. So enthusiastically. So well. he says it a bunch more times. <laughs> yes. Now that, that Phyllis has <laughs> explained it to him. Phyllis, Phyllis, uh, Phyllis Urban Dictionary Fletcher. Let's just. <laughs> right. She really brought it this week with the. Yep. Luke explanations that the um, the sh- regrets shows have gone well, but he s- admits that he can never really tell how a show is going to be received by the fan community. And they've had lots of times where they thought that they just killed it and then got almost no response. And then other times when he thought the show was really a mess when people were really enthusiastic about it. Uh, I was really amused that um they talked about how they were, was it Andrew was talking to Brandon in marketing at APM uh, mm-hmm. about these regrets shows and Brandon got so excited to hear about them because of the shorter shows and they were more focused content. And he was like, I can sell that. <laughs> Finally, a I'd product like to see you try. that I can be proud of <laughs> and show to yep. people. Uh, then they talk in a really circular way about how when, by the time this show airs, they will have announced the 10th anniversary plans, i.e. the 24-hour show. And the and the uh, live show in the phone booth. Yes. Um, I See, they could, they could have just cut all of this out. I thought that this was a silly, silly mm. conversation. Just either talk about it or don't talk about it, but don't talk about how you can talk about it. And um, about how that this these long these five episode recording sessions are, I think, essentially good practice for this twenty four twenty two hour live show uh, coming up. We'll see. How much do you want to bet that they don't learn their lesson about doing it hungover? <laughs> uh, I don't want to take those odds. Andrew talks about the sweet burn from a 10 on Facebook about how they talked about three billboards for 20 to 30 minutes without actually ever giving away any details of the plot or themes. I think Nick found that particularly funny. It, they left it left you begging for spoilers. You're yeah. Like, uh, come on. Now, at least I can have an emotion now if you just give me a spoiler. But I'm just <laughs> I have you're giving me nothing. Yep. Nothing good. Nothing bad. Andrew wants to know whether Phyllis could hear that he was annoyed with Luke when she listened to that conversation. And she was like, oh, yeah, there were a lot of us that that realized that Andrew was annoyed just for it wasn't a big blow up or anything. He just had a moment of irritation. Uh, Phyllis confesses that she listened to that 
uh, conversation twice. Oh, Phyllis, why do you do these things to yourself? Goodness. I, it has really led to um, one of my favorite running jokes, though, is the the uh, law enforcement conference, which <laughs> yeah. I, I've been using that one in my own life. <laughs> How, like uh, Emily will go like, how did they get together? And she, she doesn't even doesn't listen to TVTL anymore, uh, so uh, she doesn't get it when I say, oh, they met at a law enforcement conference, and I start cracking myself up. <laughs> uh, they start talking about Andrew's mixtapes. Nick tells the story of how he really knew for the first time that he was going to like Andrew a lot because he found out that Andrew had made a mixtape with somebody that I used to know on it and he was now embarrassed by the inclusion of this song <laughs> right because i i don't know i think it's a it's it's fine it's fine it's fine but it's been played to death right it's I, i'm in the it. camp that it's not fine but i hate music so <laughs> you knew that was coming it's 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 king of pain somebody sting wrote that song 30 fucking years ago what are you anyway. saying about sting I'm saying this this bad song has already been written, which makes it extra bad. <laughs> well, I fine. Be embarrassed that the song is bad, but don't be embarrassed because you liked it and then it got popular and now you're ashamed that you liked it. Like what you like. Like a bad song. Yeah. You, don't be influenced by popularity of the song. Um, I was, this was for my own personal um Satisfaction that There's Nick a little black spot on the sun today. Ding, ding, ding. He should got sued. <laughs> Sting should get another yacht out of that fucking song. Anyway, and I don't even like Sting, and yeah, I feel like he should. He should get a mountain of doubloons for that song. Are you okay? Are you having an episode over there? I get mad about music. That gets me worked up. All right, if I can continue. Sorry, no, go ahead. I, you know, I hate to be Bobby. <laughs> For my personal satisfaction, uh, I was really relieved that Nick finally corrected Luke's pronunciation of Gautier, as Luke has said mm -hmm. in the multiple times they've talked about it. He always calls it Gautye. And I'm like, no! <laughs> Got milk? It's Gautier, it's French! It's a French name! <laughs> Uh, and they talk a little bit about how the song itself doesn't change, but perception does. And that's why Andrew is now embarrassed. And that song is too earnest. And so that's why they don't like it. I have no problem with earnestness in songs, but I guess to each his own. Well, to have an earnest song that has been, that's a ripoff. That's like, that's, uh, that's ironic to me. I'm being earnest within the context of stealing someone's music. It's not a ripoff. It's an homage. Oh, God, homage. That's what they all say. That's what they always say. Inspiration. <laughs> it's an homage. Um, it's a tip they, of the cap. They, this takes them into an interesting topic of any uh, music that they're embarrassed by now. And Nick is embarrassed that he listened to Hawthorne Heights, which I had never heard before. They played some. He said it was an emo screamo. I thought it sounded a lot like Fall Out Boy, to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of in the same universe, and th this actually led me down a path of a, a, a kind of a playlist nostalgia tour. There are these two bands that I used to really love. One's called Piebald, and one called one is called Saves the Day. And I'm not ashamed of them. Maybe I should be, but I'm not. What I'm more ashamed of is my ska phase that I went through as a teenager. <laughs> mm. um, but I've been listening to these two bands on nonstop since this conversation. Did you cultivate any ska look? Oh yeah. Time? 
Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah, 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 that's yeah. regrettable, yeah. Well, this was like the mid late nineties and I had checkered vans and a wallet chain and used to go to a lot of bad shows as a teenager. Uh It's all about your evolution, Meredith, into the person you are today. I can almost look back and laugh. I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) You'll get there. You'll get there. (laughs) We did get to throw your phone one more from Amy on this topic. She says... Every old school fan of emo slash screamo screamed a lot inside when Hawthorne Heights was presented on TBTL. It is a very specific throw your phone for a very specific fan group. Amy, does that mean that Hawthorne Heights isn't really emo screamo? I don't know. But she knows more about music than I do, so I will take that. Uh, Phyllis says that she is semi-embarrassed at her love of Sinead O'Connor. Back in the day, and I think that's maybe the same thing where she was really big into Sinead and then Sinead blew up and mm. everybody was into it. But she had a great story about um, where she was in space and time when she was watching the video for whatever Sinead O'Connor song it was, I forget, and of being at her boyfriend's house and she knew that he was about to break up with her. See, this is, this is um, a big reason why I hate music, because it makes me emotional. It, it um, you know, it takes me back to a time, you know, sometimes it's a happy time, sometimes it's a sad time, but it's, it's always emotional. It's too much for me because there's a story behind every song from, you know, the 80s or whatever. Yeah. There's a story mm-hmm. in my mind that plays and, and I don't, sometimes I don't like to have thoughts. I don't want to have feelings. I'm a dude. My one irritation is that I can't listen to Radiohead. All of Radiohead has been ruined by a boy for me. Oh no! When I was in college, yeah. I hear that. Yeah. And I that like happens. Radiohead. In more embarrassing music, or not embarrassing music, as far as I'm concerned, Luke loved Enya, especially from the the Far and Away soundtrack. As a kid who wasn't allowed to listen to very much non-Christian music in high school, I actually am fond of Enya because I had a roommate who, um, when we moved in together, she was like so. I really need music to fall asleep, and I like to listen to Enya. Is that okay if I play Enya at night? And I was like, I don't care. And so she would just put on an Enya CD really low, and I got to tell you, it is excellent music for falling asleep. That's Sounds great. Good yep. to know. I didn't think you were allowed to listen to Enya unless you'd drawn a bath and lit candles. <laughs> CD just won't play. And yeah. after nine months of listening to Enya every night falling asleep, I actually missed it when we didn't live together anymore. And I bought a couple of Enya CDs and I don't listen to them <laughs> anymore. But um, I think even a couple of months ago, I was feeling nostalgic. So I pulled one up on YouTube and it's still good sleeping music. Soothing. Uh, Luke tells us that Walter loved Don't Worry, Be Happy, which for some reason is so cute to me. It is. It wasn't too worldly. Right, exactly. Or, fre- or fresh. Fresh. <laughs> An uplifting message, a godly message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, none of those instruments, which are tools of the devil, probably. Isn't right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get a voicemail with one last listener regret from somebody who remains anonymous, who was talking about how... I don't think the backstory is really important, but she had had a bottle of wine that she drank and then she was with her friends in the grocery store getting more wine and she made the comment that um, the wine was really good, but that the picture on the label was so terrible and the grocery store cashier was like, "Um, those are my parents. 
That is exactly the situation that the gif of Homer Simpson Simpson fading into the bushes has been created for. (laughs) Yep. Let me just dissolve myself into the pile of ashes right now. Melt into the ground. I don't want to be here anymore or exist in the world ever. Yeah, you can't soften that one up at all. He said the picture sucked. Uh, but yeah. I'm, but not. I mean, not sucked. Just, I mean, you I like your nowhere. dad's pocket watch. It's nice. Uh, <laughs> and Luke finally throws Andrew a bone by changing up the mellow hold music for the donors with some Enya. We'll see if that lasts. I wouldn't mind. I if hope. We just, I hope so. Yeah. Got away from the, the jazz mellow hold can music. go. I wouldn't be. Mi- I wouldn't mind if the jazz. Uh, Take Enya over jazz any day. Yeah. <laughs> I'd even draw a bath every day and get the candles going just to yeah. make sure that the, it fired. Absolutely. And the final tidbit of the show is that Luke realizes he hasn't eaten in 27 hours due to his intermittent fasting, which may or may not be why he's so spacey. I didn't notice it, but... Um, no spacier than usual. Nope. But, and- but this continues. Phyllis said he looks skinny, so something's working. And again, don't pull, um, don't pull the meat out of the Dick's cheeseburgers and eat it like that. Just <laughs> eat one. Just eat one Dick's cheeseburger. <laughs> this this is my philosophy. So, <laughs> and we have no music for your weekend. Yay! 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 Housekeeping. Hey, buy stuff from us. We need the money badly. We we do. Um, yeah. Things are things are dire. We're in some jams. It's time oh. to start buying some of our merchandise. Yes. How will I feed my children? <laughs> I have three cats. Oh, three cats. Yes. Oh man, that's a lot of that's a lot of uh, cat food there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can help us out with the archive project. Get in touch with Christy for that. Buy stuff uh, from Amazon using our link. Little red bandwagon.com slash Amazon and earbuds and earworms this week. I know what the show is because I was on the show and it is about uh, arena rock. And I don't mean like Def Leppard. I mean, jock jams, the stuff that they play when you're at the stadium. Um, nice. I, I play some one, I play some that, uh, that uh, bother me, really bother me. And then I also uh, play one at the end, which, uh, which gives me chills. Can you uh, tell li- me why yes. they play Hava Nagila at the Twins games? <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I don't understand. I, I've never heard of that. I've never it's been to a It's a boisterous song. Uh-huh. Huh. That's interesting. Well, I what I've always found it really interesting that like you'll go you'll go to a stadium where there are lots of let's say uh more conservative people, maybe they were uh, make America great again hats and uh, you'll see them uh, going full on with the YMCA chant doing the <laughs> so um, I always find that interesting but people just they don't know the context of some things so anyway uh, we had a lot of fun Amy is not that person so they had a girl power show the the week before girl power songs so I, I thought we need to course correct this we need to get back into some <laughs> hardcore masculine stuff. So the listeners had some great suggestions, and a- Amy had uh, she was in band, so she used to play at football games. So she had um, she had a nice suggestion on that. So it's a really fun show. It's only about thirty or forty minutes. So uh, head over and pick that one up. 
And if you want to get involved with our show, go to our website. It's littleredbandwagon.com. You can send us our hug or throw your phone moments at throwyourphone.com. Visit us on Facebook, our page, or the Stens page. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And with that, Anne, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is the next party. Would it be a fupa if I didn't say we love you, Jen? Would definitely, definitely (laughs) be a fupa. (laughs) Nailed it.